heart, a longing heart, we're immediately going to have the Holy Spirit begin to move and touch. Worship, we always, in these modern times, we seem to always want to imagine it as being a song and a dance and excitement. But worship is having God engaged in your life. Wherever you go, you worship the Lord no matter no matter what. You worship Him and glorify Him. And when we look into the Word of God, it's not, oh no, it's sermon time. But praise God, it's celebration time. Because the Word of God gives life, gives power. Did you know that you don't get faith in a song? Unless it has the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's where faith comes from. Nothing else but that. So that's why in my life, when I was young and God called me into ministry, when I was a teenager, I knew God, your word is a pretty awesome thing to have to handle and, and even talk about. It's awesome. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want to talk about anything. I love talking about the Lord and talking about his word more than anything, even more than my grandson. I love talking about the Word of God. I'd like to preach for a few short moments on, we've been going through this vision this year of all in. I want to preach a message on all in God's measure. All in God's measure. Father, just continue to move and touch each and Every one of us here this this morning, God, this afternoon, where we're going, God, right here in this room, begin to touch us, speak to us, help me, Father, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, to share a rhema word to your people. Faith will rise up. Lord, may you speak to me. Why don't you just take, if you would, would you kind of oblige me and lay your right hand on your chest? And say these words and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All in God's measure. God is a great God, isn't he? He's a glorious God. He's a big God. He's bigger than anything. I'll never forget when I was a little boy and I went to a family reunion for the first time in my life. I didn't know anybody. My dad had passed away when I was three years old, and so I didn't know his side of the family very well. And so I was invited as a little boy, a junior age boy, to go to a family reunion. Well, I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was a long drive out in the country somewhere, kind of like you go anywhere around here. But it's it was a drive. To me, it was quite a, a drive. I wasn't used to riding in the car. And so we arrived to the destination finally. It took over an hour to get there. And I wasn't used to being in the car that way, so I got a little upset stomach. Got out of that car and realized that there were people, strangers everywhere. And I was glad one or two I knew, but everybody else I didn't know. And I was coming in, and they told me to go into the house and through the house to go out to the backyard where all the action was taking place. The 
as I began to go through the house, I was almost literally, it was an, an, an attack. The ambush of the ants. You know, I, kinda, I like that commercial. It says that we got an ant problem, that Geico commercial. <laughs> All these ants everywhere. But there were these ants from my dad's side. I didn't know them, whatever. And they were they were up in years. They must have been grand ants or what. They were way, way up there. And they start coming after me. Oh, how great and wonderful. And I noticed that they had, they wore the red lipstick because they had very, very pale skin. Um, kind of went along with their gray hair, but they come after me. There's little Ronnie. And I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> They're coming right at me. Like three or four of them. And they start grabbing me, hugging me, and all this stuff. And I got to tell you, being a junior boy, when you're a junior boy, you don't like kissing. At least back then. I don't know what it is now, but you don't like kissing it. And so they started kissing. But then what was the worst thing in the world? They decided, one, got so excited, kissed me on the mouth. I still remember the breath. I still remember seeing the gums come after me. And it's like, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Somebody save me. When I went through that horrific ordeal, I was taken out back, dazed. I was hungry. It was past noon. And there, the table, the tables were spread out back. And the funny thing was, I went to go. They said, go get yourself something to eat. Well, sure, so I grabbed a, a plate. I'll never forget. I started going after maybe a piece of ham, and next thing I knew, I had these people with scoops, these the large spoons and stuff. Here, you need to try this. And I put that on there, and after, before I know it, I had all these scoops all around, all these mounds on this plate of all this food, and I thought, there's no way I could possibly eat all this, but... It was just everything was of this super abundance. And I realized when I was there, no one there was going to harm me. Everybody seemed to be really thrilled to see me. And I began to think about how that, you know, I grew up in a house that was very poor and didn't have much at all. I ain't going back there to tell you any stories, but there was in this place, this magical, wonderful place, that was so abundant of everything walking around. It was incredible. Had the greatest meal of my life. And then I began to think how that's the way it is when we, we have the opportunity of going all in God's measure and the way God does things for us. God does great things for us. Have you ever had God answer your prayer and it's like he threw in a couple extra? A little bit more, not just a little bit, don't take a little bit, just you here. Boom, right on your plate. That's our God. And we can be all in God's measure. And his measure is far different 
from us. It's greater beyond our imagination. Being all in him reminds me of scripture Paul says in the first portion of the scripture in Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. All in him. That's, you know, we found out how good he is. Why wouldn't we want to get all in with him in his abundance? People come through the doors of this building and sit in the church service because they're longing for something more than what they have. They thought they had a lot, but they've lost it all. Or either they're broke, and they don't know which way to turn. I'm not talking about a broke that means an empty pocket, but they're more or less they're broken in their life and in their heart. And only God can make a difference. I'm so glad that I was not called to share the news. But you and I have been called to share the good news. That the gospel is the good news. And what God can do in the lives of people. Do I have any witnesses this morning of the Lord doing something great in your life? Amen. Oh, just leave them raised. Father, we glorify you. We praise you. We praise you, you great God, glorious God. I praise you and glorify your holy name for your goodness. Oh, Lord, your great measure that you, you poured us, you brought us into. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared in advance. God is preparing our life in advance. God is preparing the good path and the good way in advance. Now, we need to find him and go all in him. And when we're all in him, then we will find that advanced path that he's created for us as we walk in faith. Now, in Ephesians 3 and 20, you know this verse. It's very popular. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. I want to be all in God's measure. All in God's measure. I've been to a Chinese restaurant in Columbus. It was fancy. It had everything that you can imagine. But they had the smallest portions you'd ever imagine with the highest price. I don't know if I've been tainted or I've been spoiled, but I've gone to too many Chinese buffets. You can keep the china plates. You can keep all the fancy lights and decor, but give me the food. Give me the food. I, I, I believe that other restaurant was created for women. Guys, we go for the food, right? Don't you laugh. You go to weddings because of the food. Yeah, you go because of the food. But God is a God of abundance, and he blesses us. He fills us. He fills us to overflowing. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. God has more for us 
than what you and I could imagine or ask for. And when we make room for the more of God, he fills the space. Isaiah 54, 2 and 4 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Enlarge the place of your tents. I believe that because we've been through a pandemic, because we've been through some restrictions, because we've been uh, closed in, because we've had to follow the rules and the guidelines, and I'm not here to tell you whether it was good or bad. You decide whatever you want to, but I will tell you this, it may create a mindset among God's people who are thinking that God God has been uh, mandated to not do anything, that God is limited to uh, being afraid of a, of a germ or a, a thing. That, now, COVID was real, but God is even more real. God has never been uh, closed in. God has never been quarantined. God has never been told to do anything. If anything, when the devil comes to accuse uh, us before the face of God, God says, shut up! Because they belong to me. They belong to me and not you. Who are you to tell me anything? I want you to know that I don't want to be trained to think that my God is controlled and he'll do little things and he'll answer little prayers. I believe God still answers big prayers. I believe God still gives big portions. I believe God still is saying it's time to stretch the cords and move the stakes. It's time to expand because God is so big, we couldn't put him in this place anyway. He's so large, he could do anything. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Why? Because, you know, you're all in to God's measure. To God's measure. 2 Corinthians 10, 13 says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appoints us. Now, the word measure is, is metron. Metron is where we get the word measure. It's a measured boundary a potential inheritance, a capacity, the limits that God has set for us. Washington will never set our limits because our citizenship is in heaven. Washington will never take care of all of my financial needs, but we serve a God that is able that if gas goes to $10 a gallon, who cares? God says it's just fossil fuel, and all of that is dead anyway. My God and your God uh, is over your economy and what happens to you, hallelujah, and he will bless you. He will make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. Do you believe that you serve a big God and a great God? Are you ready to live in all in in God's measure? Hallelujah. In Exodus 3, 
we find Moses' encounter with God at the burning bush. I don't have to go to all the verses and read them to you. I'll go to some. You know the account. Everybody has watched Charlton Heston go through the burning bush. But we know the scriptures. We can turn to in, in your Bible. You can turn to in, in the word of God, but Exodus 3, 7 through 10. The Lord said, he was talking to Moses when he had found that burning bush. He saw a sight at a distance, and he walked toward it. And he went there and saw the bush that was not being consumed by fire. And then the Lord said, of course he said, told him as he approached to take the sandals off his feet because he's standing on holy ground. Those who avoid the fire will lose the opportunity to stand on holy ground while we're here on this planet. You know, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven, but I'm saying right here on earth, I need some holy ground. I need some, you need some holy ground. Encounters with the Lord where the very ground you're at is holy. Because God is about ready to tell you something that you need to hear. God is about ready to enlarge your borders and expand you in ways that you never would imagine. You thought you were in a fixed situation. You're supposed to watch sheep, your father-in-law's sheep, and do that for 40 years. You ain't going nowhere as Moses was facing. But God said, no, no. I'm about ready to increase my metron. I'm about ready to I'm about ready to stretch your sphere. I'm about ready to expand you and do things in you if you turn to me. But see, but those who are not interested, I think nowadays I think non believers are more interested about God at times than what Christians are. We've been we just so we just so preoccupied. Let the house be filled with newborn saints. Let the house be filled with newborn saints that cry and cry and cry. And they make noise and they're learning. Let the house be filled with newborn saints. Somebody say that. Do you believe that? Do you want this house filled with newborn saints? Churches too many times we talk about marketing. You know, all the marketing is about is really to get people from other churches. So they might think you're cooler and greater and wonderful and and special and sharp. Now, I got to go to that place. And then, yeah, yeah I, I think I like what Lee said. It's just that they just take better pictures. Oh, we're good with that technology, you know. We're just really, really, really good at it, you know. But the thing is, is that here's Moses. He goes and he's bowing down there. And then the Bible says as he has his encounter with God at the burning bush. I want to share four keys to enlarging your capacity of moving your tent pegs and moving out. Here are four things found in this account. Number one is come close to the fire of God and listen. God's presence will, he'll burn up the fire, will burn up the dross. The fire of God will make a difference and make a change. Moses, he if he had not been attracted to the fire, he never would have approached it and he never would have been, he never would have received what he received at that moment at the fire. I want to ask you this morning, are you attracted to the fire? 
Are you drawn to the fire? Are you ready to have an encounter with God? Are you ready to have a fuller capacity of what God has for you? Are you drawn to the fire? And if you're drawn to the fire, you'll go there, and God will begin to speak to him. He says, number one, we've got to come close to the fire of God and listen. In Exodus 3 and 3, Moses said to himself, he said, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I'm reading another translation. I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him in the middle of that bush. And he said, Moses, Moses, whenever God says something twice, he means it. It says something big is about ready to be spoken. Something big is about ready to be given. You can find that throughout scripture. When there's a repeat of a name, ask Abraham, he'll tell you about it. Whenever there was a repeat of a name, God said, now listen, listen. You know, my mama, when she'd say, Ronnie, I'd kind of hear her. But when she said, Ronnie, leave, then I knew I better listen. Something important is about ready to come out of her mouth. So, number one, in order to enlarge your territory, you've got to come close to the fire of God and listen. Some of you in this building are drawn to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to the fire of God. Don't back up. Don't change your mind. Don't let up. Because God's drawing you to the fire. He's wanting to talk to you and do something to you and in you. And he's about ready to enlarge your territory. Let me tell you this. Spirit-filled churches are never better than any other church. I just think we're just greatly blessed. You know? And I got to tell you, when I was saved, I was heaven-bound. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I had a new dimension to walk in and a fullness of God and a measure of God that God wanted me to have and what he wants you to have. And believe me, if you allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, this ain't a church of God thing. This ain't an assembly of God thing. This is not a denom denominational thing. It's the word of God. If you allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit, be set on fire with the fire of God, then I'll tell you, you're going to see expansion take place like never before. Number two, in order to receive this measure, is, is number two, replace the words, who am I, with who is with me. In Exodus 3 and 11, but Moses said to God, said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? God answers and he says, I'll be with you. So in other words, don't question, say, who am I? I have failed. I've made mistakes. Some of you may be here. I've made mistakes and I've fallen. I've failed. Who am I, God, that you would want me to do anything or to experience any of your leading or, or to go from this place and go and do something for you, instead of you saying, who am I, you need to say, who is with me? Who's with me? God is with me. If God be for us, who can be against us? God's calling you. God's moving your life. Then I'm telling you, you're about ready to experience an expansion in your life, a measure of God that only God can give.
Moses, God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. He said, I'll tell you what, he says, I'll be with you. And he says, and tell the people, I am who I am. And you'll tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. You go before the people and say, I am has sent me. Great authority and power. You say, I don't think I could ever preach. I don't think I could ever witness to those co-workers. I don't think I could ever go to school and talk to those other students and begin to share the gospel. I don't think I could ever do that. I don't think I could ever teach a class. I don't think I can ever do that. I want you to know you need to stand firm and say that I am has sent me. I am has called me. I am is doing something in my life and expanding my life. God is working with me. Like uh, one time I preached, I don't know how, but I do know who. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I do know who. I don't know how I'm going to work it out, but I know who. I do know who. I don't know how this is all going to pan out. I don't know how this is all going to happen. I don't know how this church is going to really grow. If you really think I've got a great master plan, then you better pray for me. I've got some ideas and thoughts, uh, but I don't know how, but I do know who. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me, and that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Stand on the promises of God. Know that the great I am has sent you. Quit saying, who am I? And start saying, who's with me? The Lord is with me. Number three is to expand, is to replace the negative, what if, with what if God? What if? What if I do this? What if? What if they're going to come against me? Moses said in Exodus 4 and 1, Moses answered, he said, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then in verse 2 through 4 says, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he, and he ran from it. Oh, I love that. I wonder how many people run if I suddenly had a snake right here on this platform. I guarantee you the first three rows would empty real quick. Yeah, and you over there might run out the door too in the back. He ran from it, fearful of it. Then God said, go and pick it up, but pick it up from the tail, from the back. You know, you don't ever put your hand on what God's leading on the head because you'll, you'll be sorry of it. But grab it on the tail end, on the back, on the humble place, and pick it up. And he picked it up and backed his staff. Then God said, take your hand and put it in your cloak. And, and there it became when he pulled it out, it was leprosy. It was filled with leprosy, and he put it back in. Then God said, and he said, you'll do those two things, and people will believe it. And he said, if they still don't believe it, he starts laying it all out from the Nile River, how it's going to turn to blood. He starts laying it out and saying, listen, Moses, it's not going to be you. It's going to be doing this expansion project. 
It's not going to be you. It's going to get better. It's going to be better. It's got to be through me, through my power, through my miracles, through my hand. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And God, I know that you have set things in motion in my life. Uh, you claim and say, God, you have set things in motion in my life. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I know that you are with me. And I know that you are an abundant God. And I know that you're able to do above and abundantly what I'd ever ask or think of. God, you're an able God. You don't enable me. You just give me power so that you can work through me, uh, through my faith. But God, you're going to work out every situation. And Lord, I receive your measure. I'm all in, Lord. I'm ready for you to do your part and you do it. And he will. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. Timothy, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We're thoroughly equipped. God for every work. What God has called you to do, what he's going to do in your life, you're thoroughly equipped. And I love John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. God is abundant God, and God will supply our need, and therefore replace the negative what if with what if God. See, God's in the equation now. God's in, you know what? We always had the edge during this pandemic. We lost people, and people died. But we've always had the edge, and always will, as long as we have God. Can I get an amen out of this? Because if, if we think life is only living on this planet, then we're misguided. We're misled. The moment you and I became born-again Christians, we were given eternal life to live forever. And just for a short time on this planet in compared to what he's prepared for us in glory. We got to get a heaven mindset, a God mindset. We got to get all in with him because the world's going to be spreading stuff and telling stuff and doing stuff that's going to want to discourage us from serving the Lord and begin to shrink our God if we listen. But I will tell you, this is not the hour and time for God's people to be discouraged. This is the hour and time for revival. It's time to stretch the tents. God's going to bring in increase. There's never been a greater moment than right now than people are, feel broken, people feel lost, people don't feel like, you know, the things they used to do that were pre-pandemic, they try and do it now, and it just doesn't fill their life. They're searching for an answer, and Jesus Christ is the answer. Th these are the last days. Uh, he's coming back soon. Uh, open your eyes. Uh, these are the days of the harvest. Uh, these are the days for salvation. These are the days to bring the people in. Why? Because the broken will be healed, uh, and the brokenhearted will be restored through Jesus Christ. And then the fourth thing to do if you really want to expand, replace your send someone else to here I am, send me. That's, that's what Moses said in uh, chapter 4. God tells him, he says, now go and I'll be with you as you speak and I'll instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, 
please send someone else. Send someone else. Send someone else. We need to be, instead of saying that, replace the send someone else, say, here am I, send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Did you know that we can be so preoccupied with life that life will just pass us by and we'll be so preoccupied with all these busyness and busy things that we'll wonder, what am I doing for the name of Jesus Christ and for the sake of the cross? What am I doing? I thank God for grace, but grace becomes even more powerful when we blend it in with a lifestyle. When we blend it in with a calling, the enabling power of God, that's what grace means, the enabling power of God. The enabling power of God is forgiveness of our sins, but then also to send us. And we need to decide and say, Lord, nobody else is going to do this. I'm not going to let someone else do this. Lord, just send me. I'm going to go. I'm not going to send someone else. Some of us in this room have missed our windows of opportunity in our lives because we decided someone else ought to do it instead of us. Oh, somebody shout now. I was excited a moment ago. Now I'm getting deep. Like one preacher said, I'm probably meddling. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you, there are times when you finally do slow down and you sit down and you think and have a quiet place and you finally do think. You think, you know, God, am I really letting you have your way in my life? Or am I telling you to follow along with me? I'm telling you, you and I, my friends, when we go to the burning bush and we see the glory of God and we receive and, and, and stand in the midst of that fire and in front of that fire in a holy place, then we're just about ready to experience an expansion in our life with God. According to Isaiah 54 and 4, God tells us, he says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be put to shame. God says, I'll be with you. You're ready for an expansion. You're ready to move the post of that tent and go here and there, you know, and grow. God will bless us financial, financially. He will provide our needs. He'll bless us with a great blessing, with abundance. He does, and he has. Go with me to South America, and you'll see how much you really have. Go with me to the, to the there in, uh, in the uh, sand people there in Peru and go around there and look around and see people's houses made of pallets, and they get on old rickety buses to go to their jobs, and that's all they have. And it's not like they're wasting. They just don't have the money. It's just not there. Broke my heart when I came back to America. I came back, when I came back around that surrounding and come back here, I thought, oh, my God, how I am so blessed. I didn't even realize it. You're blessing. You don't even realize it. Maybe you've been complaining about not making enough money at the workplace, but you're blessed and don't even realize it. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God will expand you. He'll bless you. But you've got to be all in with him. You want to be used of God? You want God to speak through you and the power of the Holy Ghost to work through you so that there'll be signs and wonders following the believers? And it only happens when we're all in. We can't be halfway in this. We sold out. Now, that I know that's a sobering message. But you know, 
I'm telling the truth. We've been serving the Lord for a long time. Some of you have been putting up with me for over 22 years. Bless your heart. I'm, I won't be wearing red lipstick, but I'm getting old as those ants. Yeah. I hope someone understood. I hope they heard the whole message. Or else they're wanting, oh, got a pastor here ready to wear red lipstick. I'm talking about some ants. Is it, you just need to watch the whole thing, okay? Now you really want to know what I'm talking about. We serve a big God and a great God. And a God that wants to bless you abundantly. Wants to fill your life and my life. He is such a good God and he will bless us over and over and over again. Then he makes, he blesses us so we will bless others. So we pour out and bless, pour out and bless. That's why in America, America sent hundreds of millions of dollars, not just by the government, but by just individual donations throughout this country to the situation at Ukraine because people are moved with the need and they see it. And we are so blessed financially. God has blessed us so greatly. I would like to see that God bless his people to the point that there's just a full financial support for every ministry that's needed in our community and in our country and around the world. God has blessed America so that America may bless others. That's where the true wealth is anyway. Can't take it with you. Charles Stanley said one time, he said, I have done the funerals of some of the most richest people in the world. And he said, in the at the funeral service, he said, I looked down at the casket, and, and the deceased is there. He said, I've never seen it lined with money or gold, jewels, overlaid, all this. He said, because even the wealthy know you can't take it with you. But you can't invest in God's kingdom, invest into the lives of other people. And I want you to know that when I stand before God, I want God to be able to say, Ronnie, you have invested in the lives of people, that people accept Christ and find the Lord. You have your influence. You have your mitron. You have your sphere, your area of influence. God wants to use you as an example before the world to lead people to Jesus Christ. Has, in, has anybody ever done something good for you and they were a Christian, gave you something, minister to you. Raise your hand. Yeah, uh-huh. That's the way the kingdom works. That's the way the kingdom works. So I want to tell you, jump into God's full measure. Jump into God's full measure. Decide to be all in God's measure. God's measure. How many here raise your hand and say, God is a big God, great God? Would you stand with me? Saints, I want you to be praying right now. Begin to pray. Worship team, you can come up. Saints, just begin to pray. Let's, let's create this room of prayer and seek the Lord for the behalf of people. The Lord's wanting to speak to people. The Lord is wanting to help some people. The Lord is calling the backslider today. The Lord is calling those to get closer to him today. We need to saturate this room with prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I realize the power in that. I thought when I got to preach, my prayer was enough. It's not. It takes the body praying. The body praying right now. Just pray. That no man will be able to, to miss out on the opportunity, man or woman, on the opportunity. 
of salvation. But I realized a long time ago that I thought in order for people to get saved, I had to preach totally on salvation. No, I think there's a great awareness among people. The lost know that they're lost. They know that they haven't given their life to Jesus Christ or that they're away from the God. From God, the backslider knows that they're away. And so the Holy Spirit is here while we're praying. And I want to invite you to give, give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This is a big step, but I'm telling you, God is wanting to broaden your tent post and give you a life that you, you never believe in, in Him. In Him. In Him. If you want to right now, Father, we're praying right now, Lord, for those in the house. May every heart be touched. No man or woman be able to withstand your call and your reach. Fill this room with your presence. Fill this room with your presence. If you're here right now and you know that you need your sins forgiven, you need God to forgive you your sins, you're a backslider, drifted away from the Lord, you used to know him, but now you're not in relationship with him. Or if you've never asked the Lord Jesus to come in your life and forgive you of your sins, the Lord will forgive you. I want you, if you will, right now signifying while folks are praying, I want you to raise your hand and say, I need the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I need the Lord. I need 